back to the 1208 Nerd Church podcast. I'm Jamin. I'm Tyler. And Nerd Church is its own thing. Mondays from 530 to 9. With COVID once again on the rise, we have diverted to the online world. You can join us on Discord every Monday from 530 to 9 and play video games with us, conversation, and all that. Uh, but you can also, if you're looking for an online church in general, we're part of the Jackson Cloud Network, jxncloud.com. Join us there for online church. So today we are talking Spider-Man and we put out the question on, uh, our Facebook live. Has anybody played this yet? I have. It's amazing. Aaron just commented and said the same thing. It's fantastic. It is. Um, but you know, I want to play the game. It goes on PS4, man. PS4. Well, that sounds great. I could play it on PlayStation 4. But what I want, what I want to do, Jamin, is I want to wait until I have a PlayStation 5 so I can get them sweet, sweet graphics. Yeah, but do you have a sweet, sweet TV good enough to do 4K? Oh, okay. Well, fine then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that special for you? Uh,. I want it. I want to. I want to play like all these games on my 4K TV. I'm so excited to do it. So like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Aaron, yeah, dude, Jacksepticeye. That's a, that's a true moment. I love Jacksepticeye, dude. Is this uh, his Among Us gameplay has been? Uh, yeah. His name's not actually like Jack, so that's or fun. Septic. <laughs> nope, not Septic Eye at all. No. So Aaron said that he watched uh, him play the Spider-Man game. Uh, we're going to talk about that game along with all things Spider-Man today just because uh, Tyler was like, man, it's a hard week. We need to talk about something lighthearted. What would be lighthearted? And, well, Spider-Man does get that trick done, even though it can be super intense at times. So we thought that uh, we'd kind of just dive into all things Spider-Man, which eventually would bring us around to the game. I already decided I'm getting the PS5 whenever I can finally find one uh we talked about that in our console me uh, console podcast, me podcast yeah. episode uh, i've uh i've definitely switched over jamin i was a person that was like no no probably not i'll wait till it like comes down in price or anything but you know what christmas this year if i can get it i'm gonna well here's the thing though i didn't know uh ps5 games were also being put on the ps4 in those first yeah a lot of them but not demon souls oh, that's fine I, I haven't really been able to work that one out sorry <laughs> i know it's special to you i, I kept dying a lot but <laughs> the bloodborne yeah <laughs> but the uh um i saw miles morales the new video game was on ps4 and i rarely 100 percent any game but the last spider-man game i basically did and this one I was I, I got to play it, so I got it, and I just invested like two whole days into it. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like I know that I don't, I don't want to hear I like know. you know it's how it new. ended, but I do want to hear at least a little bit like what's overall experience with the game, uh, exciting moments. Not like describe the moments, but like <laughs> do we have like some exciting, cool moments? Is there like a twist? Are we like what should I expect? talk as blandly about the game as i can okay as spoiler free as i can let's say this if you played the first one on the ps4 from insomniac games it is much 
the same because they've just kind of copied over the same exact world new york made out like crazily well and then uh you you have many of similar moves except miles uh comes with kind of like some electro powers and some invisible powers that that's in the comics and whatnot so not spoiling things unless you don't know enough about miles uh and so he's got some extra powers that normal spider-man doesn't and it just capitalizes upon just how great the last game was, throws in a few new things. Significantly shorter than the last game, because I mean that last game came out what, two years ago? So I don't I'm surprised yeah. they made something as well as they did in that amount of time. Uh, I don't know when they start working on it, but it's it's very good. Uh so it's very similar and yet is so good. Like I, I just I was I was enthralled every step of the way. Okay, yeah. No, that's exciting. Uh, one of the things I did want to point out there, Jamin, it's okay. I don't mean to be a gatekeeper or anything, but just to not exclude our, our very intimate Miles Morales fans, uh, Peter Parker is not the the average or normal Spider-Man. Oh, he is just another version of Spider-Man. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> First off... Uh, Peter Parker's our original Spider-Man, it seems. Well, the original is correct, but you said normal. Look, once they opened up the universe and added in Peter Porker, Nicolas Cage Spider-Man. <laughs> Dude. Overwatch diva Spider-Man. <laughs> don't don't badmouth my Spider-Verse, man. I've, I've watched that so many times. That movie, <laughs> that movie, solid. Like, there is probably no artsier movie I've ever seen than Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, so uh, I, Into the Spider Verse is like one of my favorite movies, just for the art style, for the story. They add some cool characters, like his uh, his uncle and stuff like that. I won't get too much into it because I don't want to spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen it. Because I want you to watch it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, also Aaron Bray saying the game was not uh, a full game; it's just the the, the in between of the two games. Uh, but yeah, so like, man, since it's just filler, it kind of feels like that, almost like a DLC kind of a thing, I guess, of like an extension of the first game to get, kind of keep you in between the two. I'm kind of excited for that um, and to see like where this Spider-Man game can kind of go. Because I don't know about you, uh, Jamin, but I'm definitely a, um, I'm definitely a, like, out of all the Marvel heroes, I have two that I'm big up for like thor is one of my number ones and spider-man's one of my number ones i know you're supposed to say like one and two there but like they're pretty pretty close uh thor is one of my number ones just because he's got that fantasy element and like all of that stuff in the back and he's just this like stupid guy and it's hilarious half the time uh spider-man's actually like more of a grounded realistic character that just like when he has these powers he's doing all this crazy stuff with it and it just feels so fun because he's also a comic relief kind of character he gets along deadpool in the comics as well which is hilarious but you know not the same 100 percent as in the in like the movies and stuff like that but like i don't know so aaron was talking about how uh he believes what was it Wait, he said you say that, spider-man's your favorite or no yeah thor and spider-man are my two favorites spider-man okay uh, but like, I don't think you, mm, 
I don't think you can just be with Jamin there, man. So uh, like I don't Aaron says he's with me that Pete will be the normal Spider Man. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I think that uh the normal Spider Man is is a multiverse of spider people. I think that They're was spider- added into the canon when they ran out of money to keep making Peter Parker stories. Oh, oh, see, we're getting into a, this is the good one, which Thor. So I'm more hey, into like some people the, are listening to this as podcast and have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, that's fine. You need to give background here. So Kevin Burchett <laughs> is asking which Thor Tyler is into epic Thor or lazy Thor. I don't think that was the direction that, uh, um, both is going. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Both. You're into I'm into Thor. both. I'm into bro Thor. I'm into uh, epic hero Thor. I can take it all. Thor is just a really good character, man. So, like, yeah. Going back to what Aaron was saying, though, about how uh, Peter Parker is like the normal one, though. It just... That hurts me inside, man. (laughs) Miles Morales, for me, is like such a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. Just like so much more fun, so much more unique. Uh, I don't know. Is I he, love Miles. Morales, is he unique man. because you haven't heard enough of his story, though? What? No, I've like read some of his comics. Yeah, but like, I I don't like the the last Spider-Man game on the PS4. Like, I probably have never cried so much, and that's a Peter Parker story. Like, of all the boss fights in the world, that one is just like... (gasps) Well, I've never played through the first (laughs) Spider-Man game either yet. So, like, I just got a PlayStation 4, so I'm trying to get through a bunch of games right now. Uh, But, like, man. I don't know. I I think they all just have... They all have really good stories. Right now, I'm a crazy Miles Morales fan. Like, as soon as I finished this game, I loved the movie Into the Spider Verse. As soon as I finished this game, I immediately went and got some comics of Miles Morales to to watch. But like Peter Parker, depending on if you get the the right stories, like they can just be intense. Like, well, no, no, no. I'm not putting down Peter Parker's stories. Uh-huh. I think that's Peter Parker's good. He's great. That's why he's one of my, like, Spider-Man's one of my favorite characters. But I feel like Miles Morales goes a little bit further with Spider-Man and makes him just a little bit cooler. And some would say that Spider-Gwen is actually, like, one of their favorite Spider-Mans. So, like, which is a Spider-Woman. So. Spider-Gwen is is pretty great. So. Uh, yeah. Aaron says not a debate as to who the better Spider-Man is, but because everyone knows Pete, he has the most adaptations. Technically makes him the normal and i think that's what i i understand is just we're all used to peter parker remember oh, I, no, I grew up with with old school marvel cartoons back when there was only one version of everyone no i think they already had more versions of it but yeah man, they already had plenty of versions by the time you were <laughs> yeah. spider-man for me is time and time again proves to be my favorite superhero and it, it's it's got to be similar for most of the world just because that's really what launched this addiction to to comic movies that we have right now like we've always had batman we've always had clearly clearly tyler doesn't agree with me there's some laughter <laughs> no 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 i agree with you i'm sorry i just saw a comment from kevin again and it caught me off guard 
Toby McGuire. We grew up with Toby. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, like people were like hit or miss with comic movies for a while. Then Spider-Man came out. It was like the first like super intense, but also crazy humorous, like m- classic Marvel mix of comedy and and intensity that we had never seen yeah. before. And from that point on, well, the next Spider-Man movies were all right, but they kind of missed a few uh, moments here and there, you know, with emo Spider-Man and stuff like that. But <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a whole different level of how much love I can fall into with a movie that I didn't know I actually liked until I went back and watched it. Oh, is so it Spider-Man now? Am I saying that it's a good movie? <laughs> no. But am I saying, like, am I saying that Spider-Man 3 holds a special place in my heart? Oh, for sure. I, oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've i said this before. I hate it when the trope is used where a good guy just becomes kind of like a bad guy all of a sudden. And, like, when Peter Parker's just, yeah. like... He's got venom and nobody knows. And like, it's just, it's cringy for me whenever I see these moments. Like, no, if you only understood, Smallville Superman's got red kryptonite that makes him a, a oh. jerk. You know, like, so in Spider Man's just like a jerk all of a sudden. Like, I hate those transitions in movies. But like, even casting that, that 70s show guy for, for venom, I was like, really? Like, the, <laughs> the scrawny guy is, is venom? Like, it, it just. Yeah, there was a lot of hits and misses. Mostly for me, there's a lot I remember on the miss side of that. But still, Spider Man continues to be my favorite every time that they bring him together. Sorry, yeah, I I totally agree. Like it's totally one of the like best ways, as Kevin said, uh, getting in the good points. It's about Spider Man being the gateway into the full Marvel universe. Fantastic uh, statement because I don't think it's just when it comes to like movies and stuff like that. If you don't like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like you haven't watched it just because it's like it's it's that like popular weird thing to do. Like it's kind of nerdy, but it's not as nerdy anymore. Uh, if you're kind of like that, go watch the uh, Spider-Man movies. I think you'll be really into them either way, just because of the amount of humor and like fun. Uh, just fun that happens during them but same thing with the comics man same thing with the comics like uh the comic books for marvel for me have always been kind of boring honestly um marvel comics have never been my favorite um i've always been a big dc comic kind of person and uh well i just said dc comics dang it i'm a big dc (laughs) kind of person because their comics are way more um, influenced. Like it doesn't matter how powerful these things are. These beings are, it's more about like how they interact with each other and how, like what it means to be something to where like Marvel uh, definitely has more of like that, that human ask what's a superhero in the world supposed to be. You get a lot of those like intro stories over and over and over again. Yeah. I could go get my, Oh, I have one. Nope, he's pulling it out. So for all of the uh, the people on uh, Facebook Live, can see my my right. one of my comics from Spider Man. Mine's a little bigger. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> when nostalgia, oh, yeah. when nostalgia Inc. went out of was deciding to go out of business, and Leonard was selling it in Jackson, 
they put like everything on a crazy sale. So I bought like these giant <laughs> versions of Spider-Man. <laughs> and when I read these, man, I could not believe just how intense some of the stories in Spider-Man get, which is still part of the beauty of, of what Spider-Man does. It's just like, like comedic and then crossover into like crazy intense. So like on the comedic side of things, they freaky Friday'd two characters that you wouldn't think should ever be freaky Friday. Do you want to want to take a guess in, in well, the Spider-Man universe who shouldn't be freaky Friday? <laughs> are you talking about the Doc Ock freaky Friday? No, no. Cuz that happened recently in the comics. No, this, you, what, this what, is older. What age? What age? Okay, uh, older? Like well, older. Uh, when I read the comic, the the art looked a lot older. Uh, again, okay. It, it's open to the whole Marvel universe. If you were to take Spider-Man and Marvel him in with someone else, I mean, Freaky Friday. And, like, him. switch him around with somebody else? Yeah. Oh, man. It'd be weird to see him with, like... Is this, like, mainstream characters, or or should I be thinking vague? No, it's, it's mainstream? mainstream. It's mainstream. Uh, Him switched around with, like... Loki would be hilarious, but <laughs> him switched around with like Hulk would also be just amazing. That would be a good not one. like Bruce Banner, but like Hulk. Think more Wolverine. <laughs> so it's, it's Wolverine because they Wolverine hates Spider Man and and all these comics. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Just like can't stand his quips and all that. And they get yeah. Freaky Friday in one of these comics, and it's just like the <laughs> most ridiculous uh, scenario. And like, it wasn't even that like enjoyable of a comic, but just that kind of level of of ridiculousness that that Marvel pulls off. Like that, that was fun. But like, that came right at the end of one of the most intense Spider-Man uh, like stories I've ever read. And I really hope one day they're gonna turn this into a movie. But essentially, someone had gotten, like, Spider-Man's DNA and was cloning him. So, like, you get your multiverse stuff, if you would, but he gets cloned in every conceivable way. So, like, in that universe, Spider-Woman is actually Spider-Man, but they, like, tweaked the genetics when they were cloning him and made Spider-Woman. There's older Spider-Man, which which looks just like his, his dad, because it's Peter Parker just really grown up. <laughs> and so, like, he yeah. he thinks it's his dad, and he's losing his mind. Like, why is my dad here? And he he died long ago, and he's chasing him down. Then he finds out it's him. He's just been, like, age has accelerated. There's, like, Psycho Spider-Man, where the cloning went wrong. And there's, like, one who's, like, disfigured. Like, it's it's, like... This is what I've been waiting for Marvel to do is make a bunch of movies that like fit the universe, but also is a different kind of like genre. And this one was just like psychotic thriller. Like Peter Parker's losing his mind. He's now fighting with himself, trying to figure out do they all live on? Should they do they need to be defeated? What what do you do now that there's clones of him everywhere? And it's it's madness. It's like one of the most intense stories I've I've read on Spider Man. So yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, and just, uh, I love you too, Grandma. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, I really agree with uh, with 
Aaron's statement again on on Facebook live stream. Uh, I, I would argue that Spider-Man has the deepest storyline, probably because he was uh, Stan's favorite. I really think that that that's true. Like Stanley, the creator of you know Spider-Man, creator of Marvel, um, appeared in all the Marvel movies, kind of a thing. Um, he really loved Spider-Man. Like he loved the idea, loved the character, and really spent time with that character. So I think like a lot of authors, he kind of like really dove into that and really kind of saturated the market with a lot of Spider-Man stories. So we get, you know, a lot of these really crazy, cool stories. Like I really recommend, like if you haven't read a comic book yet, pick up Spider-Man comics. It doesn't matter which one start where you want. Spider-Man's great. Like you're going to be happy with a Spider-Man comic, no matter what. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take us a little bit since we're still on comics. I'm going to go a little bit into uh, I'm going to go a little bit into kind of the the more venom and carnage side <laughs> oh, of Spider-Man. Oh my goodness. I love the carnage stories, like Maximum Carnage. Um, I love Venom's stories. Um, so what great like villains against this like hero and like sometimes venom and spider-man have to like work together pretty like often to like take on carnage and venom's kind of like this anti-hero he wants to do good he wants to like help people but he doesn't want to like sacrifice you know himself for it it's really it's interesting i love it um and uh if you're in if if, if it's still spooky season for you you're not done with your spooky season (laughs) absolute carnage maximum carnage i want to read that one I mean, that, that was part of... I own, I own one of them in my house, so you could borrow it. I need to borrow it. Because in Spider-Man, I think on the 64, uh, that had Carnage. And I was like, this game is great. First, I'm cracking up. But secondly, as a kid, I'm like kind of genuinely afraid of this, whatever this Carnage thing is, you know? And and like, that, that again, sure. that's that mix I'm talking about, where Spider-Man is both like crazy intense but also hilarious and it's part of the personality it's just it keeps you enthralled so continue yeah no no aaron kind of agrees with me here too carnage is the greatest villains ever written like dude carnage just has so much going on i um it's been so long i don't remember much just give us like a small peek yeah so uh he's a did you watch venom the the movie venom (laughs) I, I love that movie. Yes, yes, I did yeah. watch Venom. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you remember at the end where there's a guy, the, the it, was it, what's his name? Guy from Zombieland. Oh, uh, was it Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He's in the cell and he says. <laughs> oh, he's, is he Carnage? He's Carnage. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is good. Don't you leave us hanging, Venom. Don't you you hold back that sequel. (laughs) He says there's going to be carnage, and I'm so excited for that because I need to see see Woody Harrelson as carnage. I can't can't die until I see it, Jamin. It's just impossible. Well, is carnage got a comedic side to him, or is it going to, like, ruin? No. Okay, because that that would be my fear then, because on... On uh, um, Age of Ultron in the Avengers, 
like Ultron in the comics is terrifying. You know, like I, Oh yeah. Like totally the one I read, he uploaded himself to the internet, downloaded himself into Iron Man's body because Iron Man had so much tech running through his veins at that point that he like demon possessed Iron Man, got rid of Tony Stark, became Tony Stark and destroyed the entire world. So like, that was like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is terrifying. And I know, and, that's what I was expecting too. Yes, and when the Avengers did Age of Ultron, I'm like, okay, Joss Whedon knows how terrifying this guy is. He's going to pull this off. And then he, right. he, it starts off rather terrifying. You know, a robot comes out like half falling apart, like, there's no strings on me. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is, yeah. this is creepy. And then by the end, like he's getting beat up and they're making jokes of him like, like he gets like thrown down at one point and you just hear Ultron like, oh crap. You know, I'm like, oh, come on. This is supposed to be scary. And it's just like, it's making yeah. a joke out of like this horrifying <laughs> villain. So I would hope Woody Harrelson wouldn't end up doing that to Carnage, but. Yeah. The, the three and a half days of Ultron uh, <laughs> is what I always call it. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. It's not an age, but yeah, no, Woody Harrelson. I, I honestly believe he's the right amount of like funny that like his insanity would be funny, right? Like, so when he's carnage, he'll be like all CGI'd most likely, just like they did for Venom. So you won't see like, I, I think you'll get moments that are just hilarious because like, why not just do it? Um, carnage is terrifying. I don't mind a few like comedy bits though from carnage but you'll definitely get more like if they had like tom holland show up honestly i think this fits better though in the amazing spider-man world that they created if they did like a, a carnage with like the amazing spider-man i'd be so much more up for it mm. um yeah i think that's so, what like, aaron that's... just said too <laughs> yeah i agree well did he really well he was saying that there's no way that uh, uh venom's gonna like be able to take on on uh, Carnage, so it's gonna be, it's gonna feel kind of <laughs> off, you know. But yeah, no. they have Miles Morales. Maybe they could bring him in because I think they got the rights at least for him, right? Yeah, I, I mean they could definitely do it. Um, a Miles Morales one would be really cool. Um, I, I think that like Miles Morales versus like, I, see, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. There's rumors though, right? Yeah, that yeah. Obi Maguire and Andrew Garfield are gonna appear in the next. Uh, it's it's in uh, Doctor Strange. Really, that's what they're gonna put it in. So they're gonna they're basically gonna take. We've rebooted Spider Man three times. We're treating them as three separate universes for an upcoming movie where all three of them show up or something. Potentially, and I'm up for uh, look, it. Man. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> just <laughs> just so yeah, weird. like. I don't know. I'd love to see like old Toby Maguire <laughs> just chilling out. Just like, oh yeah, man, I retired a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that that would be a great movie. That's one way to do a very interesting interesting um cross of live like action multiverse. multiverse, yeah. For sure. I'm so excited for Doctor Strange, but we're not talking about that. Um <laughs> We're talking about Spider-Man. Uh, so, like, now, like, we've been talking about the movies a little bit. So, what's your favorite series so far? Is it Andrew Garfield? It sounds like you didn't like Andrew Garfield's series. 
So let's go movie. What's your favorite movie series? What's your favorite Spider-Man from those series? Oh man, I don't know. I, I've I've enjoyed all of them. I'm always surprised because when they announced the first reboot, I was like, seriously, this just started not that long ago. I love Toby, and then the second one. They did what two? And they're like, we're doing a reboot. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah, that hurt. I think what the reason I really didn't want reboots is because like I know how his story starts. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> so yep. so when the third one started, I appreciated that they just kind of skipped the origin story, didn't they? Yeah. So for. Uh... For the homecoming, I think it was, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say I would go a fourth route. I think Spider-Verse is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie, and that if they make more sequels to that, that would easily be my favorite series because what they did in that is just a lot of classic, like, hopes that I have in life. Like, I've wondered if that might even be one of my favorite in my top like five or all time movies. movies. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I, I totally agree. It's, it's definitely getting up there for me as well. The more I watch it, but man, uh, yeah, I have to say favorite movie spider verse. I agree. And then favorite Spider-Man miles Morales. (laughs) That's fine. I'm into it. That's currently, I think where my favorite Spider-Man direction goes right now. I just, I just started cracking open the comics. Oh, Aaron said yeah. they started on a Spider-Verse 2. So good. Yep. That one's my yep. favorite series, I can tell you now. For sure. I agree 100%. Uh, I'm, wow. Wow. MCU needs to take a take a little hint from uh, the Spider-Verse book. It's true. Maybe we'll get a Doctor Strange moment where he'll go into cartoon form and meet cartoon Miles Morales as well. I mean, Dora the Explorer <laughs> found a way to make it work. In their oh, movie. my goodness. We, Jamin, we can't talk about that here. We, we, have, we need a whole episode. We need an entire episode on, on Dora the Explorer. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. One of the best movies I've ever seen, Jamin. One of the best. Hey, I saw it in theaters twice. I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it, too. I'll be honest. I as enjoyed it way more than I should have. As an adaptation goes, it is solid. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. So, spiritual aspects of this, Jamin. We just lost all our viewers. (laughs) Wow. We had to talk about Dora the Explorer. No, we had to talk about Dora the Explorer. (laughs) They were like, ah, Dora, click. Let's get to more spiritual aspects of uh, of Spider-Man. So, like... For me, it's always in his character, right? Um, we kind of see him not as necessarily a Jesus character, right? He he's well, he does. He sacrifices himself a lot for like others, kind of a thing. So like we see him as kind of a a martyr for good a lot of the time. Like he's willing to sacrifice himself, and that's what makes him such a an empathetic character um, throughout the comics. Often, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean. I think that Spider-Man himself, though, being an influential person, trying to continue that, that like, just pursuing the good in the world um, is something that, and, like, finding positives in uh, very negative situations with his comedy. Um, 
it's just something that when I look at like joy and what that kind of looks like, you know, Spider-Man kind of stands out for me. He's able to be joyful and hopeful um, in moments that no one would be right. You know, uh, even in the, in the carnage series, Carnage is sitting there and he's just like destroying everybody. Everything's going bad. And Spider-Man still just makes it just makes a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Something about that. Um, we were talking about like the fruit of the spirit, like at 1208, you know, at 1208 bit. And uh, when I think of like joy and what that really looks like in someone for someone to be in the worst position, right? <laughs> um, literally every everything's everybody's dying you can't protect or save anyone and you're like at this person's expense i'm going to tell a joke <laughs> you you broke up. that's what was that last statement at this person's sorry expense. at this other person's expense you just tell a joke oh <laughs> yeah. yeah that's pretty like, classic spider-man yeah and but, but it's it's the joy that's in it right the he can't help but be joyful can't help but be this like positive person it's kind of like in my hero academia if anyone's ever watched you know anime um (laughs) like this idea that like why do you why are you smiling like all the time like well i smile so that like everyone else can be like kind of reassured right like it may be a hard fight i might be losing i could be dying but i keep a smile on to make sure everybody else is like safe so like in some moments that's what i kind of think spider-man does there um the joy that he's showing isn't necessarily for himself, but maybe for the others around him that are still there. It's for trying to keep up this like air of positivity. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's one aspect of Spider-Man that I kind of have uh, has influenced me as a person. Yeah, I mean, he always, even when it's falling apart, he's still trying to keep things upbeat. You know, not not just fall apart with it. I mean, he does have those moments, you know, which is part of what yeah. makes him such a great character. But, um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, uh, first off, I apologize if anyone's hearing my cats in the background fighting and clawing and running around and purring throughout this whole thing. Uh, let's just say if you've played the new Spider-Man game, it's a call out to something that happens. <laughs> there, I tried to make it match. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what, that means so cool you you'd have to do almost all the missions to understand what that means um oh what else was i saying right so in the new game i think there's just there's a lot of call outs in the new game that that actually like got me thinking about some spiritual aspects in my own life you know there's uh first off you've got uh um you've got when uh Miles Morales is considered Peter Parker's looked over like New York for a lot of it, but Miles Morales is known kind of as like Harlem Spider-Man. Uh, so like there's, uh, almost like, you know, this part of town was missed and no one, no one cares about us over here. And yet here comes Miles Morales is like a, a new protector. Who's kind of lifting up those who have been more in need than the rest of everybody else out there. Uh, there's also this um, sense in it of of kind of fighting for social justice throughout it. I mean, you've got his parents, you know, as a mixed family. Uh, there's 
some Spanglish going on throughout it because uh, we've got all that. His friend is Asian. His mom's Latino. His father's black. And, like, you see the intentionality of them trying to say, like, there's more to all of us to all of us white people there's more life going on around us and engaging in and more diversity and family and hearing their stories as well and that's part of what i think is so great about stories like miles morales's but um you also see his mom is running for politics uh she could be just completely driven down she was a teacher in the first game, they go through Miles' own tragedy and family. It could just stop them all, but instead, Miles pushes through for things that he knows are good and right. His mom pushes through for things that she knows are good and right. And um, uh, part of the reason that she's even running in politics is because everybody who wants to have that voice in Harlem doesn't live in Harlem. They're from other places, and they... Uh, um, it's kind of like moving into a territory to speak out. And this is this is something I felt convicted of just in ministry for a long time. You know, I've met pastors who are like, oh, yeah, no, I pastor this church over here, but, oh, we, we live outside the city so our kids can go to school over here and this and that. And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, that's your community, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it weirds me out to, to drive several miles to church to take care of people that like aren't really my my people you know like i yeah. and i'm not saying it's wrong i know plenty of great pastors who do that and i myself it's been something that i've had to chew on for like long times there's some my wife is a country girl like she loves the country <laughs> and there's plenty of times where it's just like oh it would be so compelling for her to just like go and have land and nature and all these things, which you don't really find quite so easily on fourth street, you know, but like, uh, <laughs> but like they're there for me, it's like, eh, this is our church. This is our community. Let's be a part of the community. Let's change this community. Sure. There's been military on the street next door this past week that was crazy. Throwing a flashbang inside and yelling through a megaphone, but like we're here to make a difference here, not drive in and change it, but live here and change it. So there's that element for me of like just like she's like, I want to be a voice for Harlem because I live in Harlem. It's like I want to be a voice for Jackson because I live in Jackson. And I know we have the same. We have we've had people in Jackson who have worked in politics who drive in from over an hour away just to like fix up Jackson and, <laughs> and that, that always feels weird to me I've had people come into Jackson to uh, um, yeah. I've had people come into Jackson like we looked at your city and here's a kind of prophetic word that we just felt uh, you have a prison and so you your your city has kind of like a spiritual enslavement of sorts I'm paraphrasing but like I'm always sitting there. I'm like, don't you tell me what my city's like. I live here. You know, it's like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what that that element of Miles's mom just really does for me. Is like, don't don't you guys come in from out of town and try to fix us up? Like we're like something you got to take care of. Let's let us have our own voice and, and do our own thing here. So, 
So I, I don't know. I see that. I feel that for sure. As someone who didn't grow up in like Jackson or near Jackson, um, I feel like I've become uh, a pretty hardcore Jacksonite man. Uh, I am over here on Martin, you know, just off of uh, MLK. And so I'm just, you know, I, I live right in like the neighborhood for like all these people and everything. And it's great. And I love it. Um, yeah, there's like bad things that happen. But like, you know, that's that's what we're here for. Right. Like, like we're here to to help those people, not to, you know, like shame them away. Um, I think uh, Pastor Uni uh, over at Recovery Church uh, kind of talked about it a little bit one time at 1208 um, that sometimes uh especially like white businesses or um, white households kind of move into the community, kind of kick out like um, black families, Latino families and people of color in general. Um, that's not like the hope, right? Yeah. Like, right. That's the, that's the opposite of what we want. Like we want to move in to be a part of these communities. Um, and I think that's the distinguished that like the eight, I can't say distinguishment. What am I trying to say? That's something that I'm trying to distinguish the difference between, right? Uh, like we're not, being a part of this community because we're like trying to gentrify the community. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be a part of the community. I want to like be able to like give to it, build into it. Um, when there are social justice rallies and stuff like that, just on MLK, you know, like literally a, a walk from my house. Like I want to be able to be a part of those when I can, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And I know uh, like gentrification isn't always intentional. It sometimes happens yeah, when I people know. are trying to do good things, but if we're not aware of it, it'll totally just take right off. So that's part of. No, for sure. For sure. And it's, it's hard to distinguish and you have to have the heart like for trying to like help communities and stuff like that. I feel, um, cause it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different than when I first kind of like was starting to like figure out where I was going to be in Jackson and like trying to figure out like, do I get an apartment? How do I live in Jackson? And, And back then there wasn't like too much housing for like, low to middle income like people right um you kind of had to just like hope you could find some space Mm -hmm. uh but now they're building up places we got like hotels and stuff i know we're way off track but like well no we're still on the same (laughs) yeah i mean jackson downtown is kind of popping up and that's part of why it it takes even more intentionality on our parts as community members is because yeah, it's always weird how this happens, but you've got all of downtown rising up right now in prominence, and then right on the literal surrounding blocks are yeah. people who would be homeless if they didn't have such incredibly bad housing to give away. You know, like yeah. I I drop off packages to houses uh, from Compassionate Ministries of Jackson. We deliver just food bags for those in need, and like. There's some that don't have doors. I just set them inside, you know? And that's just a part of, like, if you're driving in and just, like, trying to raise up prominence in the community, but you don't understand the community, you're not a part of it, then you won't see those things. And you will easily gentrify or you'll easily overlook it and, and just completely miss what needs to be done for for people and not just for business. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, and this kind of goes back to our conversation. We have our episode, the dark night of the soul, which was about Batman. And Tyler was yeah. talking a lot about Joker as being like a demented form of justice. 
and I think if I remember right, what you meant by that was like, yes, he's the bad guy, but in his mind, he thinks he's pursuing justice. He's not yeah. just like out there, just like being the bad guy for bad guy's sake or whatever. And this, yeah. this, uh, the new Spider-Man game frames that really well is as you get to know the bad guys, of this universe like you're gonna be like no i i don't agree with it you know like spider-man's a good guy he's got this right uh and there's this battle going on but as you get to know the bad guys you're like you understand what makes them tick you understand why they're bad guys what they're mad about and yeah they build a good relationship for you to say Okay, so they're looking for justice, but this isn't isn't the way. Which I think is a another monumental conversation for today, because everyone's looking for justice, and mm-hmm. clearly there's a lot of things going on. We're like, that's not the way, you know. Like march, peaceful marches. We've seen throughout time that these can be a part of that way, but like burning down buildings and taking shotguns and things into marches, like this isn't away and this will only end with violence giving birth to violence so that was another kind of spiritual thing i saw i guess application i saw going on through this new game yeah i mean i I feel like since spider-man has so many um stories that have been told throughout the years right uh that often enough uh there's probably a story that can that we could relate to like some kind of um spiritual aspect uh but i think the uh the great thing about like these heroes right these um these marvel comics heroes these dc heroes is their passion for like their passion for humanity like above all else kind of a thing right um because I think it speaks to, especially in like the Superman comics, um, you start to see more of an understanding of like, no, like a living being, whether it's an alien or, you know, um, a human. Because in comics, there are lots of aliens. Um, but whether it's alien or human, a sentient being um, that has what we would consider humanity is so important um, that even and like Superman stuff and Spider-Man stuff and all of these other, uh, uh, all these forms of comics that usually they get to the point where they're like, if I kill, if I harm, like physically intend to like kill or hurt someone gravely, um, that makes me no better than the villain. And I think that teaches us a lot about, you know, these are superheroes that risk, risk their lives constantly right like they're just constantly throwing themselves in harm's way they're constantly being uh, met with such opposition that in times they are almost killed themselves and oftentimes in comics we do see them die themselves but willing to sacrifice themselves in order for the the humans the people around them the aliens that needed protection to um to kind of be able to be be saved um without having to kill someone themselves usually in some moments we see that broken with more of like the anti-hero push or um characters that are kind of learning that experience i think uh the show arrow 
had one of the better experiences of like a character learning not to kill. Um, but then he goes back to killing people again, which uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Arrow ever. Um, <laughs> but the first like few seasons had some good experiences with like, hey, you know, the Green Arrow would never kill people in the comics. Why are you starting by having this guy just straight up murder people? And then they kind of showed that it was like, no, we actually wanted to go this route where we were teaching people that he's learning that he can't just resort to this or it doesn't make him any better than the people that he's trying to stop. Um, and I think Jesus kind of puts that on the, the best way, right? Um, obviously, I'm going to go back to Jesus there because he's the best at doing that kind of a thing. Um, but he kind of says like, no, we need to go further with it. You know, if someone hurts you, um, they, they would, Jesus would say, well, just go ahead, turn the cheek again, let them do it again. You know, give, offer them up another part because if someone takes something from you, give them more. It's like this idea that you're so like, I know what I, I know what, what's important to me. I know that God's most important. He would say, just give it to them. I mean, if they, they think that your life um especially if it's for like christianity in some kind of way if you're fighting for something that is um religious your life um while is very important can, is something that can be almost a a seed um right we often get seen as the martyrs like blood being this kind of um being this like start or beginning of something new um a lot of times we see in the bible that you know um martyrs would spark um new revolution new ideas and so superheroes kind of represent that in kind of a way um them being willing to sacrifice themselves for um for the good of humanity for the good of the world is very similar to jesus's um sacrifice for all of humanity and all of our sins um so in that kind of a way superheroes these powerful beings um show us what it's supposed to look like to be willing to give up yourself for the good of others. Yeah. And I think that's part of the beauty of it. You know, uh, they may be, <laughs> they may be, uh, still, um, going past what Jesus would do and they're beating everybody up everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but that's why I was trying to like. No, I understand. Say, what you're like, other times they don't always match up there, right? Well, they at least take but, a worldly idea of like, you know, what is self-defense or something. Or well, you look at like the all the comedic things out there. Like there's that Batman cartoon where Batman's just like beating up someone, and he's like. Hey man, I can't afford these hospital bills. Please stop punching me. It's like, yeah, man, I remember when I was a kid and I couldn't afford this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even in the, it, there was a funny video I saw where this is about Spider-Man. In the new game, you throw, you just punch people, and a lot of times they'll fall off buildings while you're fighting them. And the video's like, that yeah. guy's dead. That guy's dead. That guy, but. They usually get walls zipped to a wall somewhere, so they they survive. But, but yeah, there's, oh, wow. there's still violence going on in Marvel. It's not fully, you know, meeting Jesus, but the self sacrificial idea and like how far they're willing to go, 
that's, 100%. Yeah. That's always been a, a an element that makes whether you qualify as a hero or a villain is are you willing mm-hmm. to kill and at least in like the Marvel universe and, and most comics I think. Yeah, no, I think most heroes you you have to say no to that. Um you know, cuz I I don't wouldn't classify like someone like Deadpool as a hero. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you know, like, and there are times when I've been like, that guy's not a hero in that moment. And I think that the, I know we're getting off track with, you know, DC Comics, but that's what I know more about. Sorry, guys. Um, so Superman, uh, in the newest, like, movies and everything, when he's, like, having to kill Zod and everything, I think even he realizes that he lost a little bit of himself there. Like, this person's about to kill these these other people. If I don't, if I don't, you know, kill him, then they're going to die. Problem is, he definitely could have saved them. Like, if you can break someone's neck, you can definitely just turn their head a little bit. But yeah, uh, so there there are those kinds of things where it just doesn't like. Like you have to say, like that person lost a little bit of that heroism they had before. It's true. Sean, did you have something you wanted to say into the podcast? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything you guys are talking about. I should maybe leave. <laughs> I mean, you can talk on the podcast if you want. We leave it open to twelve oh eight bitters. Uh, <laughs> what is the current topic of discussion? I mean, you're not talking about Spider-Man, but... Well, we were talking about spiritual applications of Spider-Man and just about to wrap up the podcast. So if you're feeling like you just need to give the final word or something, now's What's your the time. Good word, it's got to be a What's home run, word? though. It's the end. Home run it, Sean. Oh, wow. This is so much pressure. I don't know. That's... <laughs> This is not what I signed up for. Um, I'm sure you talked about the whole great power comes great responsibility thing. I feel like we did it. Know. We didn't talk about that. This is a classic line. It's in like every Spider-Man thing. All right, Sean, take us out. Take us out on that line. Well, God has gifted us with great power in the Holy Spirit, and that gives us a great responsibility uh, to do his work uh, in this world and step into uh, the good works he has set out before us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, gold. Gold. Give me more. Give me another one, Sean. Give me another one. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. Give me the good word, Sean. Come on. You need it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but man, kids don't do drugs. Is he fast? Listen, he's getting radioactive, bud. Look out. Here comes a Spider-Man. Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig. Simpsons yeah. reference right there. Well, hey, Sean has just demonstrated something that we've been leaving on the table the last few weeks. If we're ever virtually doing this podcast like we are right now, if you're on our 1208-bit Discord, you can yep. hop into the conversation and audibly talk with us about whatever we're doing. Just join the podcast. Uh and when we're offering that, we'll let you know in the Discord comments that that's coming up. For sure. I think Aaron Bray's comment uh, is, is really true. So, like, I think the closest figure to Christ in the uh, Marvel Universe would be Vision. Um, 100% correct. And I think he kind of served purposefully as a Christ figure. Um, uh, you know, it's not like the uh, DC Universe that has, you know, God and angels and 
Lucifer and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but it's it's definitely I think Marvel Universe is closest to um to a Jesus character for sure. And um, why, why would that be? He he sacrifices himself for like everybody. Okay, all right. Like an eternal sacrifice that can't be undone, kind of a thing. Gotcha. But I think it gets undone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Marvel universe. Anything could happen. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to do an entire episode on Vision at some point. Then I don't know enough about Vision to do that. Well, maybe Aaron will lead that one. Apparently, he wrote Aaron a paper get. for Brian Kono. <laughs> at college about this <laughs> so there you go we'll do a special we got article <laughs> we'll have to Excellent. all right yeah i mean well uh we all love spider-man obviously mm-hmm. um all of us have have come to this podcast to uh to talk about how much we love spider-man some of us we like we like our toby mcguire's like kevin burchett kevin beer cheese um kevin Bear some of us <laughs> some people like their Miles Morales but all of us love our spider pig it's true thank you Homer and Peter Porker I guess uh, <laughs> Peter Porker man oh man comics of Peter Porker did you know that I saw that I thought it was just like a joke and I was like oh this is a thing now All right. I hope it's real <laughs> it's for real uh, all right. Well, hey, we're going to get ready to wrap up 1208-Bit Podcast. But as always, you can join us on Monday nights for some gaming. And if you're looking for an online church, check out jacksoncloud.com. Join our future discussions either while we're live broadcasting this on our Facebook page by liking our Facebook page and then commenting while we're live. Uh, leave a rating on the podcast if you don't mind. Helps it get out more. <laughs> And other announcements include something, something. Oh, something. man. A lot of church stuff. We're online, right? Yep. Due to COVID numbers, we're back online. Virtual, virtual, virtual. All right. Yeah. But yeah. hey, if you're listening to a nerd podcast, you're probably fine with online church. So we'll catch you then. With that being said, that's true. Leave some comments, play some games, talk about some Jesus. And Tyler will now give his in statement. Don't go breaking my heart, Scooby-Doo liquor. What? No, it just gets worse every week. We need to. We need to talk ahead of time. <laughs>